0: I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I'm glad you're back for season two, where we have more career stories. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own
1: story. Hello. My name is Caroline Preeby, I'm the founder of the Center for the Advancement of Garment Making. I design circular apparel and complementary supply chains and business models with net positive impact. Um, I'm a 20 year vet in the sustainability space as a designer, educator and now consultant and strategist. And today I'm excited to introduce you all to Lori Adelman. She is an HR executive currently working on talent acquisition at Tory Burch. Her impressive background includes senior roles at Dior, Cole Haan, and Calvin Klein. And I'm especially excited to learn this part of um, the industry. It's not in my wheelhouse, and I'm very excited to learn
0: more. Thanks, Carolyn. It's great to be here with you today. And likewise, I did not know much about sustainability until I joined the CoLab and heard some of your conversations and your areas of expertise. So thank you for having me here.
1: Uh, so let's start with um, a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up and perhaps go to school? And why did you decide? Why? How did how'd you make those decisions?
0: Sure. So it wasn't such a linear decision, but I think we all get to where we're supposed to be. Um, And we all have our own path. So I grew up in New Jersey, but I've spent more time in New York City um, than I have in New Jersey. And my family is between New Jersey or the East Coast and the Bay Area. So when it was time to go to school, I wanted to fly the coop and go to California to be with my family and a a boy who had charmed me. Mm. And (laughs) I wasn't, you know, That wasn't going to be on my parents' agenda. So being the eldest in our family, my mom gave me a three-hour driving distance. So I ended up, you know, going to a small school. I went to a small liberal arts private school in Long Island, CW Post. For me, that was far enough away because no one could get to me without letting me know. So (laughs) I ended up there, and I studied. When I went to school, I thought I was going to be a communications major, and that's what I went in under. Um, and I ended up more in the psychology and business side. And I think how I got into my career, there was a very pivotal moment while I was in college. I thought I was going to be a school psychologist. And so I was taking classes in industrial and organizational psychology. Um, but I was also not sure if I was going to be a regular psychologist. So I had a volunteer program. Where I volunteered, it was called the Compierre Program of Nassau County, and I was paired with a a young woman, probably around my age, maybe a little bit younger, who was trying to overcome some uh, mental health issues. And I would visit with her every week. We'd go to the diner. She had come out of inpatient uh, therapy and just re-entering the world. And this was before we all had cell phones. And when I called her one day, she had threatened suicide. And so I thankfully had a suicide prevention course and tapped on those skills. And going through that experience was life changing for me because I held on to it so tight that I knew I wasn't going to be able to take my career in that direction because it it had too much of a grip on me emotionally. Right. And that's when I really pivoted into more of the industrial organizational psych areas. So I know that was a little bit of a long winded way.
1: Right. But it's the, there are so these markers, you know, there are these moments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was definitely life changing. So when I finished school with psychology and business and, I really wasn't sure how I was going to apply that or what I was going to do. And I did start graduate school um, at Hunter College here in the city for a guidance and counseling program and realized that I did not want to be in the more school or social settings environments. And I wanted to be more in a corporate business environment. So while I I'm somewhat disappointed in myself for not finishing that second degree, that master's degree. It pivoted me into more of the corporate world um, and how I got my career started. And I'd say really where I got my career started was at Calvin Klein. And that's what really led me to the fashion industry. Wasn't planned. um, Right. But here I am today, 11 years later at Calvin Klein and many years later at other organizations. Has would you say that
1: your career path
0: since then has
1: been linear or have there been any other, you know, pivots within within the HR world?
0: I would say it has been pretty linear um when I think about it. But there have also definitely been times along the way that you would never think things would come up. Like, do you think you're going to be? Um Acquired by another company or preparing for an IPO, things that you never imagined, or at least me, um, in my career. Right, right. Um,
1: Were you ever in a position that you felt was completely wrong for you or or a company?
0: Yes, I was. (laughs) I absolutely was. Um, And I had spent 11 years at Calvin Klein, which was you know, bought by PVH. And after 11 years, it was time to make a change. And when I made a change to a company that I'm not going to disclose, it wasn't the most um, honest environment with integrity. It was a US subsidiary of a European-based brand. Mm -hmm. And I questioned the integrity of the leaders in the US versus the leader that I had a dotted line to abroad. And I knew that it wasn't going to be the right role for me to continue my career, so I actually moved on from there and went into another role and that's really when my career became more focused in talent acquisition at the time.
1: Ah, so there was a bit of a silver lining would you would you call it a silver lining? <laughs>
0: I would say yes and no. I think you know, human resources, especially today, has been called on to help with so many issues, right? right? And when I started, we we were more of a generalist. We definitely had different functions. But as it built out, they have been pivoting to centers of excellence. And so I think, for me, I easily fall into the talent acquisition side. It's something that I'm so passionate about and enjoy doing but I also miss you spend so much time identifying the right candidates for the right role. And, and then you bring them in the door and then it's almost like good luck to you. I've right. spent like, you know, a few weeks or months or years courting you, getting right. to know you. And then once you're, door, it's almost passed off. So yes, I love talent acquisition, but I also miss the full employee life cycle being able right. to, you know, fall back on those skills of mine and counseling and coaching and bringing them through their career, which I have, I do have to step in and out, right. Uh, but I have,
1: has the, has, since you've been in talent acquisition, has that process, um, changed or evolved and how, how do you, how do you feel about it?
0: I mean, I think it evolved so much from when I started um, to today. I mean, when I started, when I was at Calvin, I was lucky. I, I was very fortunate. I was very lucky. I kind of fell into all of the design recruiting and working directly with Calvin himself. But and all of our wonderful creative directors and design directors. But when we first started doing that, everyone had big portfolios that they brought in. I always felt awful for the designers who are carrying around their big black portfolios (laughs) on day when it was raining or it was cold Um, and just seeing their beautiful handcrafted drawings. Right. And then it's gone to then from there it went to iPads and from there it went to their sites, Instagram sites or PDFs. So yes, it has evolved. And and I think some of the I feel from how I've evolved in my career is some of the loss of really that artisan craftsmanship that we were speaking about. Right. Um, everything's gone so digital. So from a creative standpoint, yes, it's changed. Even now with COVID, um, you know, Initially, when I started out recruiting, you were getting resumes through agencies or through fax numbers or people were mailing them in. And then we've all evolved to developing sites, right? And then originally you would just have people come in without being pre-screened and you'd meet with them, which definitely had its bonus points as well as some good stories to tell. And now today, we were phone interviewing, and video interviewing wasn't as commonplace. And now people are using Zoom or Google Meetups and interviewing and accepting jobs without ever meeting someone in person. So yes, yeah. it has changed. Yeah, and you know,
1: I can I can relate to the the portfolio part of it in a in a sense of sort of um, nostalgia because the. When I was in fashion school, we did everything by hand, and there was something—the that the tactileness of it—you know, putting together your portfolio was almost like putting together a, an actual garment. And mm-hmm. to lose that, to have that flattened digitally, was—I um, I, think—is a hard—is a hard transition because it's a totally different skill set. Um, you know, it can be learned, but I, I do long for the 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 old, the old days sometimes. And I can imagine as someone who looks through those, how, you know, it would be quite a different experience. Um, is Absolutely. there, um, is there anything that you would do differently if you could start over? This is a scary question.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is a scary question. And if there are things that I could do differently, I think there are a couple of things and hindsight is always 20, 20 right? Taking some risks, Probably would have been beneficial to me, um, perhaps pursuing a secondary degree, because I always have this thirst for knowledge and for learning more. Yeah. And while you can get it on the job, um, not everyone is going to be that mentor, or you're not going to necessarily right. get the skills. So, in some respects, I think maybe whether it's going for my certificate in human resources or going for my master's or MBA, you know, having the re- hindsight to do that now is easier said than done. Part of me wishes I've done that. And then there are other, you know, mistakes perhaps I've made in my career that only come, you only learn from them after you make them Right. and learning how to move on from them. So that's a little ambiguous, but I think some of it comes with maturity and experience. No, I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. There's um, a
1: Rilke poem or book, Letters to a Young Poet, and there's a part of it that talks about, you know, not being able to answer the questions now, but having to live your way into the answer. And I think that's really true about careers. There's so many things that, you know, in hindsight, you may know, but you needed to live into the answer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
0: for good or for better or
1: for worse. Right, exactly, exactly. What was your biggest, I don't like the word failure, but, or lesson that you learned in your career and how did it play out? I know you spoke about the, the suicide, but were there any other, any other moments, you know, maybe akin to that?
0: Um, I don't think anything would be as, uh, I don't want to use the word devastating, more as as directional as that was. Um, but it did help me carve out and create a career while I didn't realize it at the time it did. I think really having been molded for 11 years at Calvin, or I should say, I think eight years, being at a privately held company, working with Mr. Klein or Calvin, he did not like going by Mr. Klein, working with Calvin himself and working with such celebrity-esque people and then being acquired by a company like PVH Mm -hmm. um, that was very... um, very interesting because of their level of process, their level of detail. They're, um, they're an amazing company today, absolutely amazing company today. And I can't um, imagine such the changes that they've made in their leadership, but learning a little bit about the nuances as how to be successful and navigate through the perhaps um, executives or politics there. Right. I think that is something that um, I could have learned better.
1: Well, and I also think those two—you know—the privately held companies and then um, larger publicly held companies like PVI, v, PVH have different definitions of success, or they have different—you know—goals that then, you know, all the employees also have to pivot with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I see. I yeah. I see that a lot, especially with you know fashion like true fashion brands being acquired by <clears throat> larger public companies yeah um
0: it's it's definitely a learning opportunity
1: yeah what so i wanted to know what next what's next for you and also if you see what's next for sort of your industry or or talent acquisition
0: oh i wish i had a crystal ball i <laughs> wish i had a crystal ball I, I i wish i had the answer to that i don't and i also i'm not quite sure what's next for me either i think we're all on this journey i think covid and this global pandemic has pushed some of us in ways that we never thought we would be pushed or experience life in ways that we never ever thought we would experience um, it gives me a lot of thoughts in terms of knowing what's next for me i know in some respects like i i am very proud and happy for for most of the people that I've hired for the majority I feel very lucky because when you think about it it's my day job right it's what I right. do but I am helping to craft someone's career just yeah. as it has been done for me and build their career and there are times when it doesn't work out and there is guilt right there is guilt or how did that not happen? And I'm, I'm speaking more recently of um, some changes given COVID and how it's impacted so many of us. Right. right, right. Um, but I I love, I guess it's my natural instinct and authentic way of hiring people and bringing them and developing their careers. So that comes naturally to me. Right. I'm not sure if that answered your question a hundred percent. It was it does. a,
1: that's a tough it, question. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It it brings up another question for me. Do do you have your own process or have you created, you know, your own system or, or how, how do you, how do you
0: decide who's talented or how do you find talent? I think, I don't want to say that some of it's innate because that's, I do think there's a component. I think you have to understand your organization, right? right? Not only understand your organization, you also have to understand each specific leader or their teams, because it's almost like you're you're building a team. You're building a team and thinking about complementary skill sets, complementary personalities. Everyone always talks about, are they going to be a right culture fit? When you think about that, and I do think there's something to be said, a lot to be said for culture and culture fit, but we're not looking to replicate ourselves. We don't want you know, hundreds of employees who are all the same mind and body, right? You also want to have culture ads, right? Having different cultures, diversity, and there's so much focus on that today. So it's, it's about, you know, for some positions, it's more easier if you're thinking about IT or digital skill sets or data analytics. You either have those skills or you don't. And then is it going to, be the right fit or culture add to a company. But in other ways, it's not as obvious. And so a lot of it comes with knowing your organization, knowing your leaders, understanding what the candidate is looking for, and really being, to me, authentic and real. Because one thing that I'm not going to sell someone on a job. Because if it's not authentic to me, it's not going to be authentic to them. And it's not going to behoove anyone in the long term, the company or the candidate. Right,
1: right. No, I agree.
0: Um, on that note,
1: do you have any, you know, final thoughts on, on people who are looking for, for jobs? Any advice or, or <laughs> tips
0: given the situation? You know, that is an outstanding question. I think that's a, you know, everyone has that question, including myself. I think it's a tough time. I think it is about networking, putting yourself out there. And this is coming from someone who I can help anyone else. I will knock on any door for you, Carolyn, to help <laughs> you get the connection that you might need. But doing it for myself is the biggest challenge I think I've had and that I've learned so I think it is trying to find a way to become comfortable with that. Joining the CoLab um, yes. when it started as just a small Google group, and that took me personal courage to do, to put myself out there. So I think, I think it's about knowing both sides of the story. There are so many candidates out there, and it depends upon company is going to look to train and upskill someone Or do they want someone who has already done this role and is not going to take a lot of time getting up to speed that they can hit the ground running? So I think it's really about networking, um, building connections, building relationships, and understanding that even if you have all the skills listed on a job description, you don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. I might be the perfect person in my mind, but be humble enough to realize that there could be other things happening behind the scenes that may not make you the right fit. And it's sometimes you just have to accept that and move on. And that's a tough pill to swallow.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I second networking and joining the collab. <laughs> it's been yes. a really delightful experience and I get chances. Um, to meet people like you that I wouldn't otherwise, you know, necessarily get to meet. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the CoLab Career Stories.
0: Follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and join us so you can tell your story.